Welcome back to another episode of the Beer Truth Podcast. I'm Tom, and we're back to Beer Basics today. Uh, there will be another interview episode next week, so you have that to look forward to, less talking from me. But today we're going to talk about Oktoberfest, because it's that time of year, uh, you see the Oktoberfest beers coming, and then the fucking pumpkin beers. But that's a separate topic that I will not discuss. Uh, so Oktoberfest. Uh you know, kind of what it's all about, uh, where it came from, what it means, uh, what it is in the U.S. um, versus Germany, and uh, yeah, just kind of an intro to Oktoberfest. So how it all began uh, is it started with the wedding of Crown Prince Ludwig and Therese Charlotte Louise if I'm pronouncing that right, of Saxony Hildburghausen. Uh, they got married uh, October 12th, 1810, so it's been around a while. Uh, the next day was a feast and a dance for uh, several thousand upper-class people, and the lower-class people were all served food and drink at locations around Munich, um, because why would you let those dirty poor people in right so anyway uh yeah upper class people were invited to the party lower class people got food and drink uh at other places uh, around the city of munich and uh the numbers for this original feast of you know food and drink that was served uh these numbers came from a brief history of lager uh, a book that i've recommended a few times by mark dredge uh it's one of my uh, fact-checking sources for this. Uh, they served 32,065 bread rolls, 3,992 pounds of Swiss cheese, 400 kilos of mutton, uh, which made me realize that they were keeping records in pounds and kilograms, but it doesn't make sense to me, but I notice these things. I'm the, I'm the guy who notices the typos in a textbook and gets annoyed about it, so... Uh, next up, 8,120 servalot sausages and 13,300 pairs of smoked sausage. And apparently all of this was given out for free to the people. So uh, that's a lot of food. I mean, that is a lot of food. But most important question is how much beer did they drink? Uh, according to history, a fuck ton. Actually, multiple fuck tons. Uh the numbers recorded were 23,200 liters of beer and 400 liters of Austrian white wine. So remember that a liter is over 33 fluid ounces. So that's more than two standard American pints. Multiply that by 23,200. That is over 49,016 ounce pints. That's 395 half barrel kegs. And like I said, that's a lot of fucking beer. A lot of beer. Uh, so there was a there was also a historical horse race uh, that was revived for the event. Uh, some people say that the guy who won was the one who wanted it to come back. So I think there was a little conspiracy there. But the winner of the horse race got a piece of scarlet, I believe, um, material, which was you know a color worn by royalty it was either scarlet or it might have been purple i think it was scarlet uh but it was a big deal because 
you know, you couldn't afford that. You didn't get that unless you were basically rich or royal. So a pretty big deal for uh, the common people. And then the next year, 1811, uh, an agricultural fair was added. And it really kind of grew from there. There was, uh, in the next few years, there were multiple beer vendors, uh, a wine vendor, coffee shops, uh, liquor makers, liquor suppliers, pastry chefs, cooks, bakers, fruit sellers, and people selling snacks like cheese and nuts. Um, Basically just turned into a giant festival fair kind of thing. And so it grew from there, and then over the next uh, a few decades, people started really associating this festival with a drinking festival. And then uh, in 1872, it was moved up uh, in the year into September, and since then, Oktoberfest concludes on the first Sunday in October. So it's not, a lot of people just think that it's a drinking festival in October, but it actually ends very early in October, uh, and it has was not historically just a drinking festival. It was a wedding celebration, which has morphed into more of a giant festival. Uh, there, there were years where Oktoberfest was not celebrated. It was not celebrated during World War I or II uh, for, I think, about five-year spans uh, around each of those wars. And obviously this year, 2020, uh, it is not happening because of the coronavirus. Uh, it's been canceled. And obviously that's a pretty big bummer, but that would have been a just a coronavirus explosion. Uh, that would have been that would have been real bad. because on average, the number of the people that attend is around six million. You know, and from countries all over the world, you know, taking it back to their towns, their cities, their countries, people on the plane with them, you know, all these on the trains, whatever, it would have been real bad. So, got a little off topic there, but it was a good thing that they canceled this year, as much of a historical bummer as that will be, uh, hopefully next year, um, that will be back to normal. Uh, and we mentioned 1872 as the year that they moved things up a little bit. Uh, it was also 1872, also the first year that Mertzen was sold at Oktoberfest. Uh, and Mertzen was a beer brewed in March. Mertz, if I'm pronouncing that right again, I am an ignorant American, so uh, forgive me. Uh, it was brewed in March and allowed to lager and uh, condition throughout the summer, which people realized ended up being a more mature and developed product at the time of the Oktoberfest celebration. So it was being properly lagered, stored in caves, uh, stored cold, and allowed to condition, uh, you know, to the point where it became a deeper complex beer. And, uh, back then beers that were as kind of with now, beers that are allowed to mature uh, longer and kind of do their things and not just be turned out as soon as you can, um, considered to be higher quality, more flavorful, more complex, uh, a deeper beer. 
and uh, correspondingly that could lead to a, a more expensive beer but that's just kind of to be expected um, so Oktoberfest today what is uh, what is it today um, or you know not this year but next year last year uh, only certain breweries are legally allowed to serve their products at Oktoberfest uh, breweries from the city of Munich um, so that would be Hofbrau, Hackershore, Spaten, Lowenbrau, Polliner, and Augustiner. Uh, and one that you would maybe think would be there uh, serving beer would be Weinstefan, but they're not from Munich, so uh, they are not on the list of uh, officially sanctioned beer. So there's only a certain certain amount of breweries uh, select list that actually serve their beer there. Um, and that has been a, a historical thing. Um, and then uh, the festival kind of kicks off when the mayor uh, taps into the first cask um, and then says, I don't remember what he says, but I think it translates to it's tapped and festival begins so uh certain breweries and actually certain beers uh serve there because you would think at oktoberfest they're serving oktoberfest beer uh which is what we know uh or what we would think of in america uh but the beer that we're generally getting in america for oktoberfest beers is Amerzen, uh which is not uh considered to be the official beer of Oktoberfest uh, the official beer of Oktoberfest uh, style is actually called Festbeer which is more like a strong Hellas or uh, kind of a toned down Maybach and uh, so it's a little bit, it's a different color um, Merzen we think of kind of an amber lager uh, and I think being the same time of year, sometimes people also confuse that with pumpkin beer or think that there's some pumpkin-y something going on. Uh, very much not. Um, I think the pumpkin beer is an American uh, creation, uh, I guess might be the right word, if I can use that in an insulting way. Um, I, I fucking hate pumpkin beer. Uh, I've had one pumpkin beer that I actually enjoyed in my life. And that beer is no longer made, so uh, there's my personal take on it. Uh, but yeah, pumpkin beer, uh, Meritzen, those are not Oktoberfest beers served at Oktoberfest. Uh, you can get a Meritzen there, but um, it's not what is uh, considered to be the beer of Oktoberfest. Um, you know, you see breweries in America that you can find the beer, Sierra Nevada, Sam Adams, um, Flying Dog has a Meritzen, uh, pretty much any lager brewery, which is probably going to be doing something more like a fest beer. Uh, most regional breweries are going to be doing something because it's the seasonal thing that people love. Uh, you got, you know, your summer beer, uh, winter beer, pumpkin beer, Oktoberfest beer, um, but uh, if you find German breweries that are exporting um, 
fest beers, they're like Weinstefaner's is actually called fest beer. It's not called Oktoberfest beer. So you can find different kind of variations on that, uh, depending on the brewery, depending on what they're doing. Um, and then another style, another beer you might see, or a name you might see on the label is Wiesen, W-I-E-S-N. Um, there might be an apostrophe in there too, uh, which is the name for the meadow uh, or the field where Oktoberfest all started as the actual festival. Um, so it refers to the word meadow. I think it translates directly to meadow, uh, but it also in our, in uh, Germany refers to the actual festival itself. So Wiesen, uh, there's there's one German brewery that calls it Oktoberfest Wiesen, and I think that might be Hackershore, uh, but it refers back to the meadow, uh, the field, and the actual festival. And uh, I think there's one brewery that calls the, their beer uh, Teresa Wiesen, named after uh, the woman whose wedding this all really started. So uh, different names, different takes on styles, maybe even different styles that all get kind of lumped together as Oktoberfest beer. Um, but really, wherever you are, you probably be able to find a pretty fresh example of Oktoberfest beer Uh, might be different styles in that Oktoberfest kind of umbrella but to that earlier point doesn't mean it's the same beer served at Oktoberfest but if you have a lager brewery in the area or brewery that does things uh, in a traditional way you can probably find a pretty good example of Oktoberfest beer um, or a fest beer Uh, and it might actually be a silver lining of the festival being shut down. Maybe there will be uh, those six breweries or um, German other German breweries that are, maybe they can't sell all that beer at Oktoberfest, so they'll have to export some, like we've seen when, uh, when everything first got shut down. All of a sudden, you can find cans of stuff you normally wouldn't be able to get because keg sales and draft sales were dead. So maybe we'll be able to see some of those beers here uh, in the very near future. That would be cool. Um, get to try some stuff we normally wouldn't be able to try for Oktoberfest. I will uh, I will have to look into that. Um, for the record, I have not been I have not been to Oktoberfest, uh, but I will definitely be going in the not too distant future. Uh, maybe a few years off, but I shall attend and I shall consume large quantities of authentic fest beer and maybe I will see you there so that's a a little primer on Oktoberfest which is not happening this year Uh, maybe your local brewery will be doing a little thing uh, you know in a safe socially distant way and all that stuff Um, hopefully they're if they're doing it it's in a safe socially distant way but Oktoberfest you know big uh, 200 year plus tradition uh not happening this year for safety reasons but uh yeah some different beers uh as a little touch on the history of it and uh yeah uh i mentioned earlier uh, a brief history of lager the book uh that was one of my reference points for this um if you get a copy of that one i i recommend it it's more of a personal uh 
perspective on it, but it also has a great historical perspective. Um, author is Mark Dredge, and the other book I was referencing, as I've said in many episodes, uh, The Beer Bible by Jeff Allworth, uh, just a great source. Um, not a, a stuffy read, a very entertaining read, and yeah, I would recommend both of those, uh, but both of those were uh, referenced in the creation of this podcast, so uh, credit where credit is due, and uh, yeah, that's it for this one. Uh, a little bit shorter episode, just a brief one today. I said uh, back to an interview next week, um, another one that's going to be a little different take on the industry, and uh, yeah, if you can take a, a minute or two, uh, write a review, leave a rating, uh, subscribe, uh, follow the show on Instagram, beertruth.podcast, and tell your friends, if you got friends into beer, uh, tell them word of mouth is a fantastic way to grow the audience. So yeah, that's all I got. Uh, and until the next round, thanks for listening and cheers. Cheers.